I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 32, and today I've got my daughter Imogen with me. She's got some interesting things to share with us about computers. Hi, Imogen. Hello. Yeah, we had a bit of a discussion, didn't we? We took took our notebooks to the cafe and had coffee, and we had a little bit of a discussion about possible things we could talk about today. And I'm hoping this will be an interesting conversation. And we started with computer time. I think that's the biggest concern parents have, isn't it? How much time should we allow our children to spend on the computer? That's usually a bone of contention between parents and children, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is. So do we have computer restrictions in our house? No, not at all. No? Do you think we should? We've never had a problem with it, so I can't see the reason for it, for adding them. We all have computers, don't we? Yes. We all have a personal laptop. There's a couple of other computers floating around as well. So, yes, we're definitely a computer family. Yes. Tell me how you regard the computer. I regard the computer as, first and foremost, a tool. Use it for study, for hobbies. Use it sometimes in recreation. And that's pretty much how I think about it, a tool. When I close it, that's it. So do you think that we would survive without our computers? Yes, we've done it before. We could do it again. We could, but do you think it makes life easier and opens up a lot of opportunities for learning? Oh, yes. There's lots of things that it helps with. It is. I'm always amazed at what we can do where we live, which is rather isolated to other parts of the world, isn't it? Yes. But the computer connects us in, especially the internet, and we are able to join in with a lot of activities around the world, regardless of where we live. And not just that, but... The technical side of it all, we have so many opportunities that we didn't have a few years ago. Yes. Would you like to share a few things that you have used your computer for? One of the biggest things I've used my computer for is my university course. That's all been online, and it's given me the opportunity to study a course that otherwise I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to living in a more isolated area. So having a computer really opened up that avenue for me, and it was something I really wanted to do as well. The computers also helped me with one of my biggest passions, which is novel writing. I mean, I can't imagine how they did it in the old days when you had to write it all by hand, but you can do so much more, be so much more efficient with your writing time when you've got a computer and you can delete it and rewrite it within seconds. Also, at the writing, you've been able to plug into a network of other writers, haven't you? You've done NaNoWriMo many, many times, and that's a big inspiration for writing? Yes, it is. The great thing about having a computer and the internet, apart from what's already been said, is that I can connect with writers from around the world and can get support and help when I need it. They can help me by reading my novel if I need it. And it's more support than I would have just with the people around me in my everyday life. Now, the, the degree you're doing, which you've almost finished, is a Bachelor of Arts in Professional Writing and Publishing. And it's provided by a university which is on the other side of Australia from us, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's in another time zone, a long way away. Now, you wouldn't have been able to do that particular course without your computer. Not at all. We have two universities which you could possibly have gone to just face-to-face on campus, both 
would involve a lot of travel and be get a bit difficult to get to, but you could have done it, yes? Yes. But none of them had a course that you wanted to do, such as the one that's offered by the uh, university online. Yes, that's right. So that has been really good for us, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Online learning. I mean, we could say a lot about that, couldn't we? It's been a tremendous thing for our family that we've been able to well, you've been able to study in your own time, direct your own learning and still be able to do other things in your life because you've been able to learn online. Now, it's not so long ago that I've had had discussions with other parents about the value of computers. A lot of parents, you know, I'm an older mother now, you are all, I've got a few adult children and people, I guess, my age have been thinking that, well, perhaps the old-fashioned way of learning is much better, books and paper and pens. What do you think about that? I I definitely see a lot of people valuing that more, but I think... While there is good value still in books and paper and pens and all the physical ways of learning, there are so many new opportunities opened up by the computer and the internet for lots of different ways of learning, even school-aged, without thinking about university. There are just so many other resources that you can look at, so many other other ways to learn things. I think that, well, I have heard... Some parents say that once a child has done their bookwork, they can be rewarded by computer use. They have a bit of time on the computer to encourage them to do their schoolwork. Yeah? Yes. You heard that? Yes, I have. What do you think about that? Personally, I'm not too fond of the idea because what it makes the computer out to be is a little more than entertainment whereas it was designed for so much more than that. It was designed to be a tool, something to be used regularly to make everyday life easier and everyday tasks easier. And I think when you have problems with the computer is when it becomes something that is not everyday and you want more of it because it's a great thing that you only get at certain times and the times restricted and you want more because you can't have it. It's a novelty. It is. It's special. And really, I don't think that we can avoid the computer. When you say that uh, in the future, everything's going to be done by the, by computer, it's already here, isn't it? Yeah, the future is now. Yes, that everything now is run by computers. Yes? Yes. Hardly any mail goes the snail way. We're not even getting any bills in the mailbox anymore. <laughs> it's all online. So I think that the time for putting off uh, exposing children to computers is past. Yes? Yes. They're going to need to know how to use the computer for, well, they just need to know, don't they? Need to know for everything, for a job, for education. The computer is part of the way of life now, and by not integrating it into life, you're actually at a disadvantage. So we can't really keep our children away from computers? No. What happens if we do? I mean, I hear a lot of especially teenagers, complain that they're not allowed to go online and be part of Facebook and that type of thing. Is that good or bad? Personally, I think that's bad because, especially when you're talking about Facebook and social networks and that, for people in isolated areas, and even, even when they're not isolated, it's a way of making connections between people. When you have Facebook and all your friends have Facebook, you're part of a social connection. 
you're part of a social group. And when you don't have that, there's a difference between you and other people and it's really noticeable. People care about these sort of things and when you're not with people on social network and connected with people that you're missing out on other avenues of friendship. I guess that you're on the outer and nobody is going to take the time to include you by writing you a proper letter or ringing you up, are they? No, it's all it's all online. It's all Facebook. You or... have to join in or you get left out. Yes. I have to decide whether that's important to you or not. Yes, that's right. Now, I have Facebook. We all have Facebook, don't well, the younger girls, Gemma Rose doesn't, and Sophie never even visits her Facebook page even though she's got one. But would you say that we use it much? Not particularly. No, I find that it's necessary. It's a necessary thing to stay in contact with other people who have uh, similar interests as me. I belong to a number of groups. That's the way the world works. We have Facebook groups for this, that, and the other, and it's a convenient way to network. But I do find it's rather overwhelming, all that information coming at me from the computer every day, all, all those things in my feed. Do you understand that? Yes, I do. It can be exhausting sometimes. So it's not all good, is it? No. You have to learn how to handle it. But yeah, it seems to be the way of the world. <laughs> if, however much we don't like it, if we want to stay connected, uh, we have to get on our computers, don't we, and be part of it. The the thing that parents worry about most is not actually using the computer for Facebook or playing a game or going online and doing some research, but the amount of time a child will be on the computer. Do you think that's true? Yes. Because they think once a child gets on the computer, they're going to get addicted to it and they won't want to do anything else. What do you think of that? Well, it's certainly true that some people get addicted to the computer, but I think that from the the vast majority of people, once the first heady rush of freedom on the computer gets over and done with, it just becomes another thing. You don't get addicted to a book. You can put that down. You don't get addicted to anything else. The computer then becomes a tool. It's not a novelty anymore. Oh, you're talking about books. I think that if we see a child reading book after book after book, we don't worry about it, do we? We just say, oh, wow, they're good readers. It's encouraged. Exactly. Except, I mean, I remember when I was a child and I used to do that, my mum used to get frustrated because I never used to do my jobs. But uh, on the whole, reading is good, isn't it? Yes. You spend time reading a book and no one's going to complain about you. But if you spend the same amount of time on the computer, there's a problem. Yes. So is that time on the computer as valuable as reading time? That's the question, isn't it? Yes. And, and I guess children and parents have different ideas about that. Oh, well, yes. And thinking about it logically, it doesn't make much sense that spending your recreation time on a computer could be any less beneficial than spending your recreation time reading. Really, it's the same, it's the same thing. You're entertaining yourself. And what you're doing may be educational, but it also may not be. Books are not necessarily educational. Sometimes they're just entertainment. So how much computer time do you think is too much? Really, it depends what you're doing. I mean, for for me, too much computer time doesn't really exist in what I do because when I use the computer, it's for something worthwhile. For other people, too much computer time might be when they've spent too long on it and they've given themselves a headache and they're not doing anything. It, it's, it's individual to each person and you, and you know when you've spent too much time on it. It's not really that you have to monitor it. 
So maybe the the problem people have thinking too much computer time is that if you spend a long time on the computer, you're not doing anything else. And there's certain other things that parents feel are more important than sitting at the computer, like going outside, uh, exploring nature, getting exercise, reading those books. Yes. Talking to people. Yeah. Oh, yes. What Would you think that we do enough of that? I think we do. I mean, we are a very computer-oriented family in a lot of ways, but we still get out. We go for a family run. We might go for a bush walk. We definitely talk to each other a lot, but we're all, but we also get to use our computers, and it doesn't necessarily mean that being able to use a computer is going to exclude you from doing all those things. It's having a healthy balance. Healthy balance. How do we get a healthy balance? Well, really, I think it's about staying connected with children and staying connected with the people in your family and then making sure that, you know, you're all interested in each other and everybody has interests outside of the computer because I know for us, we all have hobbies on the computer, but we all have hobbies off the computer and we have good relationships with everyone in the family as well. So spending time with the family is enjoyable. It's worth closing the computer lid and going to talk to people because we enjoy it. So if I said, hey, everybody, do you want to walk up the shop and get some ice cream? How many people do you think would close their computers? I could pretty much guarantee you 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the computer. Whatever they're doing is not more important than going for a walk up the shop and eating ice cream. No. So, yeah, I find that you all listen when I make suggestions. Yes? Yes, we do. There, Sophie often says that there is so many interesting things to do in this world that you wouldn't want to spend all your time on the computer. Yeah, she likes to go out and take photos and the girls like to cook and there's things I like to do off the computer as well. Yes. But uh, the thing I find difficult is that when I'm working on the computer and you suddenly say, hey, mum, it's dinner time, what happens? Well, it's very difficult to stop in the flow and it generally takes a few minutes for mum to close the computer and come because it's very hard to stop in the middle of something, especially when you're engaged in something creative. It takes a bit to, to get your head out of what you're doing. Often you really don't want to. The creative space is hard enough to get into, let alone being dragged out of it again. Yes, we've all entered our creative worlds on the computer and it's very, very difficult to just close the computer at a moment's notice, even if ice cream is, is on offer, isn't it? Yes. You need to have, spend a few minutes coming back and oh yeah, resolving what you're doing and coming out of that world. Yes, that's right. And do you think that we should respect that creative space? I think so. I mean, as a creative person myself, I know there is nothing more frustrating than people not respecting the creative space and the creative time because, as I said, it takes so long to get into the creative frame of mind and then you're in there and you've got the train of thought and everything's finally happening and people who come and, you know, drag you out of it and talk to you and want you to do stuff without even thinking about the fact that they're interrupting something, it's very frustrating to have that happen because you're losing something in there. You know, all the times that I've been asked something while I've been working on the computer and I have no recollection of it later <laughs> on. It's just uh, the best time to ask me anything, isn't it? Yes, you just say yes or go away. <laughs> and I honestly can't remember because my mind is somewhere else. And that's not a bad thing, is it? No, I don't think so. 
I think that whatever sort of creative work we're doing, even if you're using a piece of paper and a pen and you're you're writing something, you still enter that creative world. Yes, that's right. The creative world isn't limited by what you're doing. It's not nothing really to do with the computer. It's to do with the creativity. Yes? Yes, that's right. But yes, personal space. We need to respect each other's personal creative space. Yes. Children included. Oh, definitely children included. So that's why I think that restricting time on the computer doesn't work for children. To say, oh, you can have uh, a turn on the computer for half an hour or 20 minutes. Yeah? Yes, because you get to the end of half an hour, 20 minutes, and you're right in the middle of it, and you, you've got to drag yourself back instantly because there is no leeway. There's no respecting of the fact that they might be engaged right in the middle of something very important to them. It's their half an hour is up and they have to go. Yeah, and so they could have just begun to whatever they're doing, get involved with whatever they're doing. And that's worthwhile things they might be doing, hey? Yes, because there's a, there's a theory that it takes at least 20 minutes to get into any sort of creative space. If you only have a short period of time on the computer, especially for sharing with a lot of siblings, like I have in the past, you've, you're only just in that right space when it's time to stop. And that's frustrating? It is. Very, very frustrating. There's nothing more frustrating than that. And so it's not uh, a case of children being greedy with the computer time. It's a necessity. It is. Yes. But if you were writing with uh, paper and pen, right, and you were sitting here, same as reading books, and you were sitting at your desk writing away for a couple of hours, we'd all be very happy with that, wouldn't we? Not many parents would say, oh, stop writing. Now they would go, oh, look at her, she's writing. Look at, look at all the great stuff she's doing. Let's uh, leave her alone. She's working really hard. But the computer, on the computer, it's not the same. No, it's, a, it's, it's like, it's like the, the computer only has this connection to Facebook, social media, and all the recreational and, and, and entertainment parts of it. Instead of all the great creative and educational resources, it also provides provides. Let's uh, talk about some of the things we can do on our computers then. If it's not just Facebook and emails, what else? And, and games. Well, you also have, as I said, Greta tools to write with, which makes writing so much easier. You, or, there are also the opportunities for doing things like blogging and podcasting, both very creative. You can make videos, you can research things, you can read on your computer even even without getting on a social network, there's already this range of things that you can do. And we've already talked about online learning. There's lots of different courses online. Yes. And you said not Facebook, but networking is important. On, on Facebook, there's your uh, teen writers groups. Yes, that's right. There's hundreds of teen writers and you network with them all. And it's a group of people who understand what you're doing. It's especially important to have people who understand people you can share with. And a lot of times I know from a lot of writers' experiences, you don't get that in everyday life. People around you, um, outside of the family especially, don't always understand your hobbies or your passions. But when you are able to go online, you're able to connect with all the people around the world who have the same passions and the same ideas as you, and you can share with them and build with them and collaborate and grow together. So social networking isn't all negative? No, it isn't. It's it's not all, you know, sharing a selfie on on Facebook. It's 
so many other really important elements to it. So when I'm on Facebook, I'm not always wasting time, am I? <laughs> well, I haven't seen you post a selfie yet. <laughs> no, I hardly ever go on my own personal timeline, but I do visit a lot of groups and get involved in some discussions online. And that's all very good. I belong to a number of uh, homeschooling, unschooling groups, grief groups, all kinds of groups. So no, I can't keep up with them all, but they're there. And when I need to network with other people, get more ideas, uh, work together. We can work together with people through the internet, can't we? Yes, that's right. Work for a common good, work on projects together. Yes. So yes, there's a lot of uh, good things happening on the computer. Uh, the main concern, though, is computer games. If mothers or a child writing a novel on the computer, going through NaNoWriMo, well, that's really wonderful. 50,000-word novel, that's something to be proud of, isn't it? It is. That's an achievement, writing a novel. I don't think many mothers or par parents would object to a child sitting there and writing a novel on their computer. But spending all those similar hours playing a computer game, another situation altogether? Yes, and... That's what definitely computer games have a much more negative image than anything else on the computer, really. Time wasters, do you think? Oh, time wasters. People think that there are no benefits at all to playing a computer game. Basically, you're just sitting there mindlessly doing something that isn't going to benefit you in the rest of your life, doesn't teach you anything. At least that's what people think. So what do you think about computer games? I think that there's a lot more benefit to playing computer games than people initially think. I'm not a big gamer myself, but I have have happened to do a bit of research about computer games and know people who play games and I've and I've looked at some and really there are lots of things you can learn from computer games. It's not just mindlessly sitting there clicking at stuff. You've got to think, you've got to you you've got to put into into practice logic and strategy and all sorts of different skills just from playing a computer game. I'm not very good at computer games. I think that I don't think fast enough. I don't think my brain has the right connections. I'm rather old-fashioned and old, you know, old full stop. But I yeah, I can see the the benefit of computer games. But it seems to me also that there's two types of computer games. Yeah? Yes, there is. Some of them the girls just ignore. They, they have no interest whatsoever with them. Uh, you can think of anything like that? I'm thinking educational video games. I don't have a very good relationship with those. That's facts wrapped up in what would appear to be a gameplay, but the game isn't important. It's what you're learning. So it's really disguised. They're, they're disguising the, the facts and the learning, hoping that kids will be attracted to the game so that they learn particular things. And sadly, children can see right through that. They know exactly what you're trying to do. So it doesn't make them like the game anymore. Uh, we've had a bit of experience with game making, though, haven't we? Yes, we have. What's that site that everybody joined and had it was game star mechanic games that's right that was a big hit for a long time wasn't it it was where what happens on games game star mechanic game star mechanic is basically a very simple game making community so you can make your game which is very simple it's got a it's got a level designer sprites you can use to make characters and enemies build your game and then you can publish it and other people in the community can play it 
So you get to make up the story of your game, you get to plan it all out, test it through, see if it works, and then see other people play it. And also people can comment on your game, can't they? Yes, yeah, so they can give you feedback on what worked, whether they liked it. So it's a community. Didn't. It is. It's very much a community. And you can learn from each other. Yes. Yeah, I made a couple of games and they were a disaster because I couldn't think in the right way. I remember Gemma Rose maybe oh, a few years ago. She was out creating me in the gaming section by a long way. Yes? Yes. So it does teach you thinking, doesn't it? But yeah, but the girls haven't done that for a while, I think. I don't know why. Did they get to the end of uh, the sort of program on that? Because I know there were different levels, weren't there? You could unlock more components that you could use in your games as you went along. I think they unlocked a lot of it and then their interest sort of went from computer game making uh, into other avenues. They don't play in a lot of games, do no, they? No, not at all. There's a couple of games that oh, I'd say Gemma Rose might play in the evening. Charlotte, she likes an occasional computer game, doesn't she? Yes, but on the whole, we're not really gamers. Sophie won't, hardly ever plays a game. But it doesn't mean that we don't get on the computer because we do play um we do play play with our computers <laughs> in different ways yeah so we don't have a problem with gaming yeah? no no but you do know something about computer gamers online because you have done some research yes yeah. i have and um, where did you start researching computer gaming well i started researching computer gaming because i was interested in the question you know of gamers and you know professional gamers, people who make a living of playing games. I was sort of interested in looking into around that because I don't want to do that myself, but it's a very interesting idea of making a living playing a computer game for other people to watch you do. Yeah. I thought it's a really fascinating concept. I can't imagine people sitting there watching you play a game, but people do that? Yes, there's actually a whole community of people on YouTube who will play games. They're called Let's Players. Because basically you're playing a game, it's like you're playing a game and other people are watching. But it's not all about the game, I found. I mean, the game has a lot to do with it because that's what you're, you're playing. But the real charm of the Let's Player comes from the person who's actually playing the game. You know, seeing how they react, seeing the way they get through things, seeing their personality through it. It's like, it's, it's watching their experience. It's not the computer game themselves itself that draws people, but the charisma of the person who plays it. And a lot of people think that professional gaming is an easy way, you know, an easy way to do things. You just play a game, you record it, whack it up on YouTube. Where's the difficulty in that? But it's a much harder thing than people think because you've, you've got to be able to pick a game. You've got to be able to do a good commentary. Um, I know that a lot of Let's Players have had to learn over the years, because some of them have been playing for years, you know, how to, how to, how to say interesting things, how to basically public speak. And that's a really good skill for them to learn. And at the same time, they're still learning a lot of the, they're still getting a lot of the benefits that you would from playing a computer game normally, which there are many. It fascinates me the idea that one day somebody decided that playing a computer game could be shared and that they could get followers and make a living out of it. Someone had that idea, yes? Yes, well, I know from some Let's Players, they would just play online with, you know, people and they would just do a natural running commentary. And some games online, you can 
you can have a headset and people can hear you talk. And they, and they just had a running commentary, basically. And people found that really interesting. So they thought, well, if people find this interesting, maybe I should make a video and put it on YouTube. Because people might find it interesting just because they liked playing games and they liked saying things about the game as they were playing it. And it sort of took off for them from there. There seems to me to be two types of gamers. They're the people that play the games for entertainment and it's just a game. Yes. And then there's other people who play the games and their minds are working creatively while they're playing and they see possibilities. It sparks ideas off. Yes. Yeah. And they don't just play, but the playing leads to an idea which, yeah, leads somewhere else. Do you think? Yes, I definitely think. Why is this so difficult? Just, just analyzing what they're doing is, a lot of people do that. Creative possibilities then with computer gaming. Yes. So what would you say if a child says they want to be a computer gamer as a career? I would say, first off, that making a decision to be a professional gamer as a career comes with all sorts of problems because you can never be quite sure if it's going to take off. But at the same time, you shouldn't squash their dreams. People have done it. It's not easy, but people have done it. If they love gaming that much that they want to give it a go, then they're going to love gaming enough that they're going to be, that they're going to want to do something else to so that they can earn money and let them and give themselves a chance to play the game and you know build build that career because it doesn't happen overnight it's possible it may not happen but as long as they're aware that it, that they're not going to be an overnight success and they may have to do something else work another job while they get started then it is perfectly possible to encourage them in that dream. So there are professional computer gamers and they're earning a living from it. The world's changing so fast and technology is changing and ideas are being developed all the time. What is current right at the moment and what people are earning a living from might be totally different by the time that child's grown up. They might have a different idea about how they can use the computer. Exactly, because a lot of opportunities like the Let's Players, professional gamers, They've, they're only very recent, it's only in the last oh, six or seven years that this has opened up. Who knows in the next 10 years what's going to be, what's going to happen down the track? What new opportunities are going to open up and what children are going to be getting in, interested in next? Yes, yeah, so while they're playing games right now, that's all beneficial in lots of different ways, but it might not actually lead to a career in gaming because there might actually be something different. Exactly. Mm, yes, so it's nothing to be worried about. You don't think if people are... No. Children are sitting at the computer, are really involved in their games? Yes, I think so. I think if they, if they love it enough to turn it into a career, then they will keep going. And if not, they're naturally going to grow out of it anyway and get interested in something else. We've really talked about computer addictions. A lot of people don't like their children spending a lot of time on the computer because they feel that they will get addicted and then obviously they're not going to be doing anything else. Now, I don't really know much about computer addictions. People have told me that their children do get addicted and maybe there's something chemical in their brains or I haven't done the research. And I wouldn't like to say that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yes, I think 
that it is perfectly possible that the computer is something that you could get addicted to, but we don't have that experience. No, we don't. So and we're not saying it doesn't happen. We don't know. We don't have any experience with it, but we are saying it's not inevitable. Exactly. Not everyone who uses a computer is going to become addicted to it. And just one last thing I'd like to say is that if children are spending a lot of time on the computer, even if they're playing computer games or whatever they're doing, sometimes it can be good just to sit down next to them and share what they're doing. Yes, I, I think so. See what they find worthwhile in the game or whatever activity they're doing. It's obviously is attracting them in some way to value that. I think so. And to learn more about it by taking an interest in it. And I do think that if we take an interest in what our children are doing, whatever it is, they are more inclined to take an interest in the things that we are interested in. Because you're making a connection. You've reached out and said, I'm interested in you. I want to understand what you're doing. And you're building your relationship with them. And when you have a good relationship, they're more likely to want to join in with you and be around you. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Yeah, all to do with good relationships rather than rules and regulations, do you think? I think so. Well, I've found it very interesting talking to you, Imogen, and I'd like to thank you for joining me on my podcast today. We still haven't made our podcast together, have we, the one we keep promising to make? <laughs> but hopefully soon. Yeah, we have done, haven't done a lot of things. This has been a while since we've, I've made a podcast. But yeah, life is very interesting, isn't it? And we've got so many things that we would like to do. We just have to get a bit more organized. Yes. Thank you for joining me today. And where can people find you online? You can find me at my blog, Gossiping with Dragons. With a whole new blog design. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of, uh, yes, blog redesigning of our blogs recently. So please visit us. I'm at Stories of an Unschooling Family. I'm also on Facebook, Stories of an Unschooling Family Facebook page. If you would like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that through iTunes or you can follow through Podbean. And... Until next time, we would like to say, I would like, well, I'd like to thank you for listening first. And then until next time, trust, respect, and love unconditionally.